What do Jerry Adams, Walter Cronkite and Kim Kardashian have in common? They've all featured on the glossy pages of Playboy magazine. There was no time where anybody would have asked me or I would have done it. And though countless lads mags have appeared on shelves worldwide, not Zuzu, <laughs> Maxim, none have lived longer or weathered more than Brand Bunny. I remember the customs coming in searching the bus for magazines being brought back from Belfast. So how has Playboy bounced into its 70th year of print? It's amazing that Playboy is still here. What relationship has Ireland to the legendary magazine? Here's the thing about Ireland, very Catholic, very stringent with its rules. And does Playboy still have an explicit place in publishing? Anybody who leads in a particular market has that advantage of being the first person in that market or the first brand. And Playboy had the genius of Hugh Hefner. Terry Prone is a PR and publishing guru and chairman of the Communications Clinic. But this was post-Second World War. And the Second World War has been the most disruptive thing for morals, for families and for everything. And so there was a new market of guys who wanted to express themselves. Hefner had the wit to do things in a very particular way. It wasn't something that set out to be crudely raunchy. It wasn't vulgar, but it was very sexy. Even so, the censorship of Publications Board had Playboy banned and it continued to be illegal to sell or purchase here into the 90s. I remember my first boss, Bunny Carr, had a Playboy logo on his the bumper of his car and people were absolutely scandalised because he was presenting religious programmes on television. But it was so identifiable a logo. It was as identifiable as the Coca-Cola logo or anything else. And to an Ireland in the 50s and 60s, that meant evil. Because it wasn't just that we had censorship. We had religion-based censorship. And so anybody who was offended by anything could write to the censorship board and it would be taken off the market immediately. It was absolutely inevitable that Playboy would fall foul of that censorship. But let's not forget that Edna O'Brien fell foul of it too. Anything that dealt with young women who had a sense of freedom, a sex life, there was no chance that the plain people of Ireland were going to be polluted by that stuff. Playboy gained a reputation, whether real or conveniently imagined, for its columns, cartoons and works of fiction. Rodal and John Updike, among others, contributed to its pages. But the written word of the magazine may have been as troubling to the censors here as the scantily clad women were. You have no how you promoted, you know, women's rights. And one of the things they did not want coming in was information about birth control. It would lead to depravity and so on and so forth. Historian Katie Charland is the host of the podcast, Who Did What Now? And she says anyone associated with the magazine was a source of scandal to the country, including 1950s centrefold Jane Mansfield. Yeah, so she had been on Playboy. She was a Playboy model. She was an actress. She was a singer. And so she was supposed to perform this cabaret act in 1967, literally at the Mount Brandon Hotel, the country went wild, or the very least, truly, 
went wild. You had parish priests verging from the pulpit. Do not go and watch this, this smutty woman. Bishop Dennis Moynihan of Kerry, he referred to her as the goddess of lust, which, I mean, that's, that's practically a compliment. So she wasn't able to do this performance in Kerry and uh, another show band had to come in in its place. But the people of Tralee were themselves divided on the poor man's Marilyn Monroe's appearance anyway. Oh, I think she's fabulous. Such a big star should get a, a civic welcome coming to a town like this. Sex, I suppose, is a healthy thing, you know. But um, the fact is that we are supposed to be a Catholic country and it doesn't seem right to my mind bringing an exponent of sex to a Catholic town. Well, I think it's much ado about nothing. People locally are behaving in a very provincial way about it. And in any case, I don't think she's all that of a danger. You may not have been able to buy Playboy in the Republic, but my sources tell me it found its way here nonetheless. There's a suggestion that the IRA were involved in smuggling in Playboy. They would just put a fake cover on, you know, like Fisherman's Weekly and things like that. For those who couldn't get Playboy through fair means or foul, 70s publishers had them covered as Irish gentlemen's magazines hit the shelves. The first one was Man Alive, which came out in 1974. You know, it was very, very similar to Playboy. Brian McMahon is the creator and curator of Brand New Retro. You know, like Playboy, they had a lot of uh, respected writers and, and interesting articles in the magazine as well. In the very first issue of Manalide, there was a profile on uh, Senator uh, Mary Robinson. On the, say, for I have this one here, Executive Magazine, another one, they, they had on the first issue a plan for Fianna Fáil to stay in power forever. You know, so it was politics. There was a lot of reviews of stereo equipment and cars, wine. And then, of course, there was the nudity, which was its its selling point. You know, someone like Eileen from Enniscary, it would be, you know, pictured by the stream or in the forest. Very natural, not in a pose with lingerie or that. It was more natural uh, nudity. As Kenny Everett used to say, there was done the best possible taste. Though short-lived, both Man Alive and Executive held out for two years each, despite difficulty from the censors. Recent revivals of Irish men's magazines have included an Osgeilga version by the name of Fluck. But eventually in 1995, Playboy and its associates were allowed on Irish shelves, as one RTE reporter captured at the time. If someone wants to buy it, they'll buy it. If they don't want it to buy it, they will not buy it. I wouldn't buy it. I'm going to be on that age looking at them now, wouldn't I? No, I not. Because it's disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think your wife would say? <laughs> You'll have to ask her. She'd probably look at it too. So I don't need to read Playboy. I've got a very attractive wife. I don't want to know anything about sex. I know enough about well, I think there's one of the most beautiful things that God ever created was the woman's body. But Playboy's Irish history doesn't end there. The Irish Girls Lingerie issue was released in 2000. Former Miss Ireland Rosanna Davison graced the cover in 2012. And Kerry TD Danny Healy Ray was even interviewed by the German version about who knows what. It's amazing that Playboy is still here. It is just amazing because you can get everything from hardcore porn to soft porn at a click. And uh, you don't have to go to a newsagent and pick it up. Terry Prone says, however, that scandals of late may impact the brand's future. The stuff that has come out about the Playboy Mansion and the Playboy Clubs goes way beyond distasteful. 
It really does. And if you look at Hugh Hefner, he now was clearly not just a dirty old man, but a dirty, exploitative old man without any standards at all. His daughter has tried to rescue the brand. There is a possibility that there's a future for Playboy if they actually turn it into a more general, more interesting magazine. But I wouldn't be buying shares in it.